Your WebmasterRadio.fm program will begin shortly following this message. On the road. On the boat. Working out. Or up in the air. Now you can listen to WebmasterRadio.fm on the go from anywhere. Look for WebmasterRadio.fm on TuneIn. Available for download on your iPhone, iPad, BlackBerry, Android, Palm, Samsung, and Windows Phone. As well as Google TV, Yahoo TV, and Roku. Tune in to WebmasterRadio.fm on the go from anywhere by downloading TuneIn right now. WebmasterRadio.fm. We really are everywhere. Opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Want to become best friends with the single most powerful person in the country? Whether she's a Gucci girl, Prada professional, coach queen, or target trendsetter, we'll untie the purse strings and give you the inside track on today's woman. How to capture her attention, grow her loyalty, and create such enthusiasm about your company or product that she spreads the word with her friends and family. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Purse Strings. Purse strings. Join marketing to women expert Maria Retan, senior principal at Carmichael Lynch Spa as she chats with those in the know so your business can grow. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Purse Strings. Here's your host, Maria Retan. Good afternoon and welcome to Purse Strings. I'm Maria Retan. Thanks so much for joining me today. You can catch Purse Strings right here every Tuesday, 3 o'clock Eastern Time. You'll learn how you and your company can corner the market on the most powerful consumer in the country. The 51% of us who control more than 80% of all the spending. The woman. Well, first up, I think you know this, but it bears repeating. We're still a very troubled workforce. Iconoculture, the trend-watching organization that I like to quote a lot on the program, shows that Americans are, are seeing some signs of economic recovery. But guess what? We're still mired in the workplace blues. Are you singing them? I know sometimes I am. I'm sure many of you out there are. Could be fueled by all kinds of talk about employment and our rights as employees. I'm sure you you had been watching what was going down in Wisconsin with the governor and now seeking to overthrow some state legislators all around, you know, the whole attempt to squash unions. Well, New York has also had its own battles, the living wage argument going on there. Americans are still holding tight to our dollars. And according to Iconoculture, those of us who are still employed, those of us who have a job and should be very, very fortunate to have it, However, we feel stuck with no opportunity for growth and a sense that we're being watched. Americans without jobs are stuck, too. They, guess what? They've exhausted 99 weeks of unemployment benefits. Up to 4.5 million Americans are in this category. Those are the folks that have no more unemployment benefits. And while the average unemployed American has gone nearly 1.5 years without a paycheck, that's a long time. Part-time and temporary employment means zero flexibility, too, and a pay cut. Yep, you're still willing to work, even for a pay cut. Those out of work for five weeks or more are more likely to find a job than those out of work for a year or more. I think we've probably seen that bear out 
time and time again. So the net net of this, yes, it's a lot of bad news. We can only hope that things start to perk up. And in the meantime, if you are a marketer out there, someone with a company, your consumer base needs help. And businesses who can extend that helping hand will come out with a more loyal consumer in the long run. Well, our first profile today is the Nicole Miller Networker. This is a woman in her late 40s to 50s, self-employed, running her own small to mid-sized business and yeah, probably dealing with lots of the workforce issues that I just talked about. She does work full-time, making around $60,000 and has um, kids in high school or college. There's over 1.5 million of these women out there, median age of 45. They are influenced by fashion, like to stand out in a crowd. They are ambitious and motivated, as you can imagine, since they do run their own businesses. They consider themselves to be a workaholic. They want to get to the top of their career, and it's important that their family thinks that they are doing well. They do have to juggle a lot to succeed, but they have a great attitude about it. They say, you know what, if you don't succeed at first, keep on trying and you will. They do live in the moment, but they take advantage of advantage of life. They really do value their time, probably because they don't have a lot of it, and they do feel like at times time is more important than money. They value quality items, and they'll even pay a little bit more to get it, especially when it comes to clothes and quality goods, and they're open to trying new things. So they're purchasing things at Nine West, Williams-Sonoma, Pier 1, Bloomingdale's, New York and Company. They're driving caddies, Toyota, Volvo, Lexus, and Lincoln. Um, they're reading magazines like Food and Wine, Architectural Digest, Martha Stewart Living, Money Magazine, Better Homes and Gardens, and In Style. They're watching CNN, Discovery Channel, TLC, Food Network, HBO, HGTV, and on websites. They're getting lots of information on MSN, Amazon, Yellow Pages, Barnes & Noble, Backquest, iVillage, and eBay. Well, my guest for today certainly knows a lot about what's going on in this country from a political standpoint. Marie C. Wilson is the founder and president emeritus of the White House Project. She's also the co-creator of Take Our Daughters and Sons to Work Day and an author of the book called Closing the Leadership Gap, Why Women Can and Must Help Run the World. In 1998, Wilson founded the White House Project in recognition of the need to build a truly representative democracy. That's one where women lead alongside men and since its inception, the White House Project has been a leading advocate and voice on women's leadership. So, how far have we really come? I'm interested to get Marie Wilson's take on our situation today. Stick around. More Purse Strings returns after the break. Okay, time for something we can all relate to. Shopping. Purse Strings will be right back after these messages from our advertisers. look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. MySEOTool.com is your all-in-one SEO management resource. MySEOTool.com makes it easy to optimize and oversee all of your SEO efforts. 
line-by-line detailed reports help you identify any problems and show you how to fix them. MySEOTool.com is completely automated. Once you use it, you will see a rise in your search rankings and traffic. Try MySEOTool risk-free today. Go to MySEOTool.com. MySEOTool.com. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, seen other SEO experts, but did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. The whoring of Facebook for promotional purposes continues with the WebmasterRadio.fm Facebook fan page. Join our fans by clicking the Facebook logo on the WebmasterRadio.fm homepage and keep up to date with all the latest. Become a fan on Facebook. Her Strings is back with the inside track on Today's Woman. Here's your host, Maria Retan. And welcome back to First Strings. I'm delighted to have Marie C. Wilson on the program today. Marie's the founder and president emeritus of the White House Project. She's also the co-creator of Take Our Daughters and Sons to Work Day and an author. Back in 1998, Marie founded the White House Project. It is a 501c3 that aims to advance women's leadership in all communities and sectors, all the way up to the U.S. presidency, the highest seat in the land. And you know what? She's trying to do it by filling the leadership pipeline with lots of women. Since its inception, the White House Project has been a leading advocate and voice on women's leadership. And again, I'm thrilled to have Marie with us today. Marie, welcome to the program. Oh, thank you. I enjoyed the first part. Oh, well, thank you. Unfortunately, it was a lot of bad news, wasn't it? I mean, we've been bombarded by all this bad news for a long time now. I think most people are looking forward to having some glimmer of hope, don't you think? Yeah, but I like to know what I, I think it's good when people actually hear the statistics about what's happening and um, not just the buzz, whatever. Real stats really help. And that's something I've learned at the White House Project, by the way, because what you have to work on when you try to get women in leadership and what you have to work against is to a great extent that most Americans believe women are already in leadership in great numbers. They think we're number one in the world. And, uh, uh, we've had to gather a lot of stats. Even the bad ones can move you forward if you have an idea about what to do. Yeah, but you're right. You do have to start with the facts, right, yeah. and disseminating yeah. the facts. So we're all starting from the same place, and then that's only when movement can happen. I absolutely am in agreement with you. Um, clearly, you had a vision for the White House Project when you founded it 13 years ago. Talk a little bit about kind of what led you to create the organization back in 1998. Well, I had had, by that time, 20 years under my belt of the privilege, actually, at the Ms. Foundation for Women of funding women across the country who were starting something you referred to, the living wage campaigns, creating jobs through microenterprise, really doing wonderful work at the local level. And there came a time when I realized that what happened often to this wonderful work is it hit the ceiling or the floor or whatever stopped it when it got to the political arena, so many of the changes that women were trying to make were negated by the next session of the legislature. And that, um, that was a kind of aha moment for me. I thought, these women are creating terrific ways to deal with just the things that you talked about in the first part of this program, 
they are the authors of living wages, et cetera, and microenterprise in America, but they aren't in power. So I really commissioned a woman uh, who was leading the Gap Foundation at that time, and just had her look at um, had her look at the leadership issue and surprised myself in finding that women's leadership was stuck. Nobody really was working on it very hard. And beside that, I had all these delightful. Uh, delightful young girls who had written me for, I don't know how many years by then, eight or ten years, saying that they were going to be the president. So I thought if they thought they were going to advance to the leadership in any area like politics, we better really start. But by and large, it was this idea that women have innovative solutions to so many of these economic problems we're dealing with. Why not actually put them alongside men in the places of power where they can implement them. And that's exactly what we need to do. And I'm curious, you know, it's been 13 years. Do you feel like we've made some progress in that area, or do you feel like we've just been too slow? Well, there, it, you know, always these uh, changes is one step forward and two steps backwards. So we have made mm-hmm. some progress because we have had uh, a woman run for the presidency and make a great run for the presidency. We've had three secretaries of state who are women. That's unheard of. We have a woman now. We have had a woman speaker of the House. We have women on the Supreme Court. So those are major changes. But what has not changed is the pipeline to leadership and um, why we have trained 11,000 women in the last five years that we've been doing this training because the pipeline is where women don't get in fast enough and where they're stuck, we have not moved the numbers of women or the percentage of women in the state legislatures of the United States over the 22 to 24% mark in over a decade. And that's the pipeline. So what we have been trying to do is put women in much earlier, get a, a real diversity of younger women to start up that pipeline and build kind of support around them so that they continue um, because, you know, for us to be as low as we are in 74th in the world or 72nd, depending on the day you look at it, in the number of women in political leadership and not to be in these legislatures where you look around the country and see how stuck the legislatures are and you think if you had a diverse group of women who really wanted to make change, you would have a different country. Yeah, right. It, it is stunning to know that we're that low. I mean, that feels almost like a third world country, and and yet third world countries have women in leadership. You know, it's, well, that, it's, I mean, that's the that's thing. I mean, one of the things about. I always tell people is if you want to be the star at a dinner party, you know, just somewhere along the line, drop where America is, because truly, unless people really study this issue, they do think we're number one. And of course, we are so far behind. Rwanda, uh, for instance, uh, where, of course, so many of the men were killed. But women are, 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 are doing amazing things in the leadership when they really are in sufficient numbers. And that's the other part. We don't really understand that to get the number of women we need, we have to get lots of women in there because if you hit the third mark, the 33% mark, it starts to be more normal for women to be there. And then we're moving beyond the gender issues to the issues that really motivated me and I'm sure with you in the first place, which is we need some different agendas at the table, and that's what we want the attention for. Well, By the, the way, I did want to tell you in terms of what I thought would happen of... that has happened is yeah. I thought when I started the project that we could take specific 
you know, women, our groups of women who were trying to make change and actually train them in great numbers. And what we just uh, made some progress on this past year is we started uh, training a couple of different groups, rural women who want to change how agriculture is done in this country, and women who are HIV positive. So we've been training them. We're training them now in groups so that they can have a real effect over the issues that they're working on. Oh, that's fascinating. How did you hone in on those two groups of women? Well, we were in Minnesota, for one thing, in, <laughs> in terms of the rural women. And we, we got into conversations with all these women who have fabulous ways that they want to move the organic food movement, how they want to deal with agriculture, and, and women who've actually run for Secretary of Agriculture in their states and lost, but are determined to make things happen. So our, our, our leaders there just got to organizing the women across the, the Midwest that were interested in this issue, and now they're about to go to a big wing spread conference that we, we are putting on with them uh, to see how we can move the number of women who have a real vision for a different agricultural program in this country. And food program. And, and, and when it came well, to I'm, I'm based women. in Minnesota. I don't know if you knew that, Marie, but my uh, I work for an agency based in Minnesota. We'll have to have an offline conversation about that because that's fascinating to me. No, it's great. Don't get me yeah. started. <laughs> no, it's so <laughs> No, it's I so want to get you started because start that's the whole purpose. <laughs> don't, it's so wonderful when you get lots of people, like when the women we started training who are HIV positive came to the training last year. At some point, they looked at each other and said, "Oh my God, we could have been giving out this money instead of begging for it." You know, uh, yeah. and and so you know, you really start women thinking about what happens when you have real power. Yeah, well, and you do create the White House Project does create these programs. You mentioned HIV, the rural women effort. Uh, this past election, clearly, you created the Vote Run Lead program. The whole point around that, of course, was to try to get women in the political process as voter activists and candidates, and you had a myriad of ways to do that. Um, you know, we talked a little bit already about the numbers of women and how low the U.S. is when it comes to the numbers of women um, in, in government leadership positions. Do you feel like your effort this past election did make somewhat of a difference? Well, we had, the thing is, from the standpoint of the White House Project and where we're focused, getting young women into the pipeline, particularly or getting women earlier into the pipeline, we had a 50% win rate. <laughs> so, yeah, we, we had instances of real uh, movement in the pipelines across the states that we are concentrated in and others as well. But that still is not enough women. <laughs> Um, we again, it takes a great deal of patience to to do this work. But what we realized is, as good a track record as we have of getting women in and getting women to run and getting them to win, actually, um, what we don't have still is are ways to recruit enough women that we can truly make a difference at the top. And that's the issue. Rutgers studied this years ago and found out if you don't run before you're 35, you don't make it into the governorships and into Congress. So we never break the real glass ceiling if we don't just get numbers of people in there. So part of what we're trying to do is to get other training programs to think this way. And I think if you look at the value the White House Project has had, it's that we are shaping and changing the way 
that I think training programs that train women to run for office, do their work, how they get recruited, and how we think about how many of them we need. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the numbers of women, I'm sure that must seem like an awful large goal for you, but you're, but you're clearly chipping away at it. Um, and I like the, the kind of the uh, plan of attack that you have, which is getting two women younger and younger to get started earlier and earlier. And again, that pipeline, you know, you really do have to build that pipeline and it does take quite a bit of time to change it um, as a result. Um, Talking of change, um, now you founded the White House Project 13 years ago. You've been its only president until recently. Talk a little bit about the new organization's president, if you would, which ironically she was she was uh, inducted on Inauguration Day, which was, which was I'm sure, very planful. On very planful, part. actually. Um, <laughs> for the last five years, uh, a, a young woman named Tiffany Dufu, who is a very committed social change person in her life, came to work for the White House Project. And uh, it's, it's lovely. She was referred to me by one of my friends, one of my oldest friends, actually, uh, who was in Boston working with her at at, at Simmons University or Simmons College, and um, she came and I met her and thought, oh my God, I want her to work for us, and so we truly competed for her. And in the last several years, she has continued to be uh, to gain skills to just show that she is a young woman who could take this project to another place. And I've been very concerned for years about the fact that. There are many young women who just don't get to lead in our organizations because we don't leave. And so I thought to myself, you know, it's time for me to leave. I've got, you know, I've got other things that I really want to do. And I have somebody here who could lead who is really representative of who we say will make a real difference if they get in, who have a diversity of race, who have a diversity of age, bring a diversity of experience, and who can do the job. And... Um, so I, I started working on grooming her the last year, particularly, uh, to take the position. And sure enough, the board um, decided that was a good idea. And Tiffany Dufu, who is in her mid-30s and has two small children and a husband who actually works out of Ghana and is back and forth there working on another wonderful project around Ghana, um, is now leading the White House Project. And I think she's going to take it to some places that I couldn't take it. She's, she's, she really moved me on a ride out to see um, Sheryl Sandberg last year. We were going out and being hosted by the president, you know, of Facebook, or not the president, but the, one of the leaders of Facebook, I should say. And on the way out there, I said, why are you so excited about this work? And she said, because I realized I'm working on something that could change in my lifetime. And um, that... That got to me. I thought, boy, if she gets in, in charge of this, maybe she really can change it in her lifetime, and that would be a great legacy. Wouldn't it, though? I mean, yeah. to be able to bring the U.S. from 74th lowest in political leadership to number one, which I know she stated that's her goal. Yeah. Um, I would I would be excited just to be in the top ten. <laughs> well, at this point, I would settle for 25, but yeah. <laughs> there you mean. go. Well, there you go. Probably a little bit more, hopefully yeah. reachable, but even then, an aggressive goal. Uh, but talk a bit, a little bit, if you would. I mean, and maybe Tiffany has this on her radar as well. I mean, we know what's going on with women in Congress and the lack thereof. But what about women in other leadership um, 
capacities around the country, Fortune 500 CEOs, you know, there's there's fewer than 3% representation there, 15% or fewer on boards. Uh, you know, it's. I think what's happening in Congress is reflective of what's happening in the C-suite um, of major corporations. What do you feel women can do? What can we do to move these numbers? I, I end up talking a lot about this on this program and um, you know, there's not one silver bullet, but I am, I'm really curious to hear your thoughts on this and what men need to be doing as well to help make, create the change for us as well. Well, I'll tell you a couple of things or, or two or three things that I'm working on because I'm looking as I have throughout my life at what's moving, you know. Um, so here in New York, we're working on getting men who are wanting to be champions together. Several of the organizations are coming together and working on how uh, men in this country who will never do quotas, right, like other countries have really changed the board leadership recently, starting with Norway, by using quotas. We won't do quotas, but getting men who will join to be champions, as some men over in Europe have started to do so they don't have to pass legislation and bring more women onto board. So that is moving now. And that's something that I think men are increasingly ready to do. They see that they don't have enough diversity, or not just enough diversity, they don't have enough diversity of opinion. They don't have enough flexibility, I think, because they don't have some of these women on there. So that's moving. The second thing that's moving is something that has come out in the last couple of years, uh, both through Columbia and through um, uh, Catalyst. Um, which is sponsorship. Sylvia Hewlett up at the Work-Life uh, Balance Organization in Columbia has done a lot of work on sponsorship around the world. And men are starting to be um, more encouraged to sponsor women because sponsorship beyond mentorship really gets you into leadership because the sponsor you know, sets some goals with you about where you're going, and that is moving in a very good direction. But I think what I'm, I'm most excited about is something called gender intelligence, um, and, and that is about how we understand that what, uh, that about the neuroscience of the brain and the fact that actually men's brains and women's brains work differently. By and large, 80% of, of brains are gendered throughout the world. And when you start to deal with companies, and I'm working with women who have dealt beautifully with many companies now, and men hear that it's not their fault, we're not blaming them, and women hear that what they're, and see that what women do uh, because of brain differences actually brings something to the workplace, it makes an enormous difference, and it changes things in their families, too. Uh, what women can do, which will really move things forward, is join in helping each other. Where There aren't going to be enough sponsorships, and what I don't understand is why more women don't break themselves up into groups of fours and fives and don't have to be a board for each other, but really strategize about how they're going to move each other along because that's something that women could do that would be very effective and has been done in certain places. Uh, women got themselves at the top of the top three hospitals in Boston one time by joining, and I still don't understand why we don't do that. Oh, fascinating. I want to pick up on that. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll just have a little bit of time when we come back. But I want to follow up on that train of thought. So keep that in your head, Marie. More when Purse Strings returns in just a moment. Okay, time for something we can all relate to. Shopping. Purse Strings will be right back after these messages from our advertisers. 
where clients have earned over $1 billion. Now it's your turn. With over 20,000 products to promote across a huge variety of niches, ClickBank provides countless ways for any affiliate to make money. You can promote any product immediately. No contract required. Looking for recurring commissions? Upsell products? ClickBank's got them. And best of all, you can make up to 75% commissions. Ready to become the next ClickBank success story? Sign up now for free at ClickBank.com. Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use CertifiedKnowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brad Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. If you're looking for a new multifaceted SEO and social media tool set, look for The Raven. Raven has the important tools that every internet marketer needs. Raven offers customized metrics for managing link-building campaigns, social media campaigns, with campaign reporting and research tools that you can easily manage. Build up campaign performance for your clients and give your team the tools that will make them soar. If you want to increase your internet marketing revenue, look for The Raven. Go to raventools.com. That's raventools.com. Please hold while we connect you to one of the most sought-after experts in SEO, analytics, and web development. Office Hours with Vanessa Fox, Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Search Engine Optimization Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. Her Strings is back with the inside track on Today's Woman. Here's your host, Maria Retan. Joining me today is Maria, uh, Marie C. Wilson, founder and president emeritus of the White House Project, a leading advocate and voice on women's leadership. And we've been talking uh, today about the challenges that women face in, in kind of moving the needle on leadership, both in Congress and also in the C-suite. And, and Marie's been talking about the pipeline that's needed to just to get the sheer, sheer numbers of women um, out there to, to be candidates. And Marie, before the break, you were talking a little bit about um, mentorship and how women, we can help ourselves by banding together and even kind of creating a support system, if you will, in small groups. And um, it's funny because I was going to ask about role models. And I think we as women don't have as many as men. Um, and I think they are vital for women to continue to grow in equality, power, and leadership. Uh, follow up, if you would, a little bit more on the four to five people in a group and, and how you feel that can really help women in their aspirations to, to move the needle. I was in Chicago a few months ago, and there were three women who are at the top of some very important places in the Chicago city or the Cook County. And they were meeting, as they regularly do, about how each of them, where they need to be seen, where they need to be heard, what their next step needs to be, and how they can help each other. 
I mean, these were three powerful women. They were trying to get somebody into the mayoral position, trying to get somebody into a governorship, but they were doing it by actually sitting there instead of waiting for somebody to come and and, uh, get them there, how they could do it with each other. And I, I and I used to study the Grameen Bank model because I worked on microenterprise for years, and how one woman got a cow, and then they helped the next woman, et cetera. I don't understand why we in this country can't figure that out. It's not mentoring. That is not mentoring. It's not taking people around. It's actually strategizing with each other. And um, I often tell the story of Rwanda where. Uh, the rebels came in and asked a, a girls' school with 12-year-old girls in it to divide themselves by tribe to see in Hutu. And two or three times, brandishing machetes, looked at the girls and said, divide yourselves. And the girls kept looking at each other, and they figured it out. And they looked at the men and said, machete, you know. They said, we will not be divided. And it so moved me because I thought if 12-year-old girls with machetes being wheeled in the air tell men they can't be divided, what goes on with women in this country that we can't? figure out how to get together in groups and in ways that really move each other along. That's what the suffragettes saw a century ago, that we would vote together, that hasn't happened, and that we would get each other into power. And, um, and we, we, really are, we really are short-sighted by using the power that we have to move each other uh, to different places. And part of it is what I want your audience to do for me in the next 24 hours. And that's what I've learned in politics, and that is women have to be invited three times before they run for office. So I've started telling any group I speak to, a radio program, that if you're listening to this program in the next 24 hours, you don't call and invite some woman to lead somewhere in her life or her work or in politics. Tell her you thought she'd be good at this. I want you to know I have magic powers and something awful (laughs) will happen to you. <laughs> I love that. There oh, you go. And I believe her too. Happen. So if you're listening it's... out there, listen to Mermie Wilson. She has a lot of power. That's for certain. Uh, that's a great call to action, Marie. A great way to to wrap up this interview too. And I I truly believe the work that is happening um, at the White House Project is is amazing work. It's important work, and and I'm excited to see what Tiffany Dufu will do for the next generation of women as she drives forth as the new president there. And, and I, you're excited to see that too. Thank you again for, for being on the program today and sharing some great insights. And again, a, a, a strong call to action. I encourage everyone to pick up the phone. I know I will. All Thanks, right, Marie. better. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, For everyone who wants to know more about the White House Project, you absolutely need to go online and check out thewhitehouseproject.org. You can also uh, read Marie's blog, Change Everything. Thanks again to my producer, George, for another great show. And join me again next week right here on Purse Strings, Tuesday at 3 o'clock Central Eastern Time uh, for another edition. Until then, make it a great one.